I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following program contains violence, coarse language, Craig Forrest, strong sexual content, Brendan Dunlop, a herd of bison, James Sharman, adult themes, Dan's Wong, a Liverpool fan, and nudity. Viewer discretion is advised. It is certainly an adult-themed Footy Prime, but then of course it's always an adult-themed Footy Prime. Thank you, JC. Welcome everyone to Footy Prime, the podcast. I'm James Sharman. Looking straight ahead into my computer screen, Dan Wong is to my top left. To my bottom left is Craig Forrest, and to my bottom right is Brendan Dunlop. I'm using the grid profile on Zoom today. You prefer the grid to the to the line? It's like it's we're at a big party sitting around a table together it's nice it feels proper so it welcome be, boys it would be proper to actually sit around a table and do well yes again we, we've been uh at least we're, we're at least two more weeks out from that right because mr ford's decided to extend this stay-at-home nonsense um which means no golf either for another two weeks craig at least how you doing craig by the way with no golf i mean by this point usually you have how many rounds under your belt 10 right that's a lot of golf yeah you okay my world, my world has changed though i don't think yes. i'd have 10 now you'd have a few in though wouldn't you oh yeah at least six by now oh yeah and i mean you're on the road so much now you could like probably golf at so many different golf courses compared to usual as well you can see all of ontario basically yep eastern ontario anyway yeah. So how, how are you doing, Craig? I mean, cause golf is like your life in the summertime. That is your thing with, with no golf. Like, is it getting upstairs? Does it causing some issues? No, not really. I think it would be different if we started and then I had to cut it off, but because you're going through the winter, you go through this process of withdrawal and then yeah. you get used to doing other things. So as long as you don't start, yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? You're kind of used to it now, right? You're used to not golfing. Yeah. So what's another two weeks, three weeks, four weeks? I'm sitting here this time next year saying, having golf for a year and a half. It's going to be. I just think that from you. a uh, you know from a industry's point of view, golf is not something they needed to touch. It's no. one of those one of those great sports you can play outside. You know, even if 
well, they did it last year with great success. They were very careful, you know, I mean, individual carts. Remember <laughs> we had individual carts, Gregor. Yeah. A few times. Yeah. Yeah. They'd wipe them down in between. I mean, certainly if anybody gets it, it's going to be a one-off or something like that. It's not going to be an outbreak. Yeah. But today the, 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 that moron who runs this province says, Oh, it's not the golf itself. It's, it's, it's getting together before and after the game and having drinks together. Shut up. Just shut up. Where like, yeah, You're talking out of your ass every freaking day. Mind you, I, I did see it in one car park where last year where these guys were just smashed out of their heads. Yeah, but Wonger took an Uber home, so at least he was responsible. <laughs> I didn't even, drink even, and drive. even our sport, even football, right? Even soccer. I mean, if you if you play Peps soccer, right? That's also distance because no one can get close to the ball and close to the opponents, right? Because you're moving around so much. So if you are playing soccer in Ontario, you know, you're coaching your under fives, coach Pep soccer, coach Man City soccer, because that's beautifully socially distanced. Yeah, good, good luck coach. with that with under fives. They don't, they don't even, <laughs> they can't even, they don't know the concept of space. You mean they they wouldn't be able to like you know pep no, take a group of no. five year olds? That's why say, everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, they just everybody chases after the ball. It's no different anywhere. Yeah. It's basically, this, so it's a Scottish Premier League, is what you're saying. That's Ooh. why you're supposed to teach kids at that age. Everybody gets a ball. Yeah, because they don't know the concept of space and sharing or things like that. So, give them all a ball and. Okay, so 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 under fives, you you can't play soccer. Sorry, while this lockdown is on, you can't play soccer because we can't trust you to be distanced. However, at what age can they start playing pep football? <laughs> you couldn't play it now, Charms. <laughs> That's for sure. No, I mean, seriously, could you imagine? Like, I mean, first of all, you need a really good surface. If if guys around here go out with their buddies and think they're going to play that on the surfaces, that you know, I mean. It's you got to think of all the surface you're playing on as well. If Pep, Pep, you know, came over here and got a team with like myself and and Dunlop, JC, and Wonga, like you know, average guys, could he make us into a decent cohesive unit? No, he's so disgusted. He would turn into Sam Allardyce. (laughs) Yeah, he would, wouldn't he? Immediately, just to survive and get through it. And he would always queue up, our opposition would always be small. Eight-year-olds. Those are the only teams he'd book us against. <laughs> well, Pep's done it again, fellas. He's he's won another championship, his ninth title overall. Um, City have now won ten of the past fifteen titles in England. Um, what a season it was! And you know, it's funny because this time last year we're talking about Liverpool and are they the greatest team we've seen? And, and I think as great as they were for that season and the season before, we're seeing a true dynasty in Man City who won through the past four. And now looking at that team, how young they are, he's going to like slowly rebuild them, hasn't he? And it looks as if they're going to be the team to beat for a very, very long time, isn't it? I would say so. And I think it's incredible too. Uh, you know, this time last year or whatever it was interrupted with COVID, we were talking about, oh, is Pep going to leave City? Is this project done? He's got to rebuild now. All the talk about these young guys on the fringes. What do they do with Aguero? <laughs> what would they do with Gabby? What would they do with, you know, Phil Foden? Could he probably be it? And now, as you say, Charms, here we are talking about, oh, this is a dynasty for next the next five years. Like, it changes. It 
you know, our perspective can change so quickly, but based on this season alone, I can't see why Pep would want to do anything different. Just keep evolving the machine, keep growing. And I can't see another team that would, you know, knock them off their perch for, uh, for next season. Roy Keane said after the game today, Manchester United, nowhere near knocking them off their perch. And there's a, I mean, to be fair, that's true. He was pretty hard on Manchester United today. He was. I mean, listen, they, they, they were not good. And obviously they were rested given that they played the kids uh, two days ago. I mean, it's a crazy week for them, isn't it? But I watched that game today and, and they, they came in late, you know, and they put Rashford up front and it seemed to work a lot better. But still a huge win for Liverpool. But you're right. You look at the second best team in England this season, United, and they're just miles off that Man City team who, who've done that this year without really a, a proper striker, right? They've done it with a guy arriving from Portugal, B, in Ruben Diaz, who's become arguably the best defender in English football. You know, Van Dijk's hurt all season. I mean, listen, let's not get into who's better, Van Dijk or Diaz, but it's been a perfect fit. He's really become that that Vincent Company type figure, hasn't he? The back there. Um, you've seen Fernandinho take the captain's armband and be a true leader growing into that role as well. So you've got this beautiful blend of the great, great veterans who have been there and done it and this kid, these kids coming through. And a lot of that is Pep, right? Who's coached these players to be better. Mm, yeah, no, he's brilliant. A lot of that is definitely Pep. And the style he plays and he, and he just coaches these guys and so well into the system to believe in what they're doing and to believe in the system. And because whatever he does is it's, it's a proven uh, formula. He's worked with fantastic clubs and great, great players. Um, but still to be able to do that and really change, change the way football is being played. He really has, right? I mean, we talk about playing out from the back and that possession-based football. He did really start that. You know, he, that's why he got but rid of Joe Hart. And it creates more space, right? I mean, when you look at the way football was played before, if you're sitting in the stands in the top, it's just very, very tight, narrow, really just the back lines are always squeezed up. Well, this creates a lot more space. And obviously with the goalkeeper being able to basically play forwards in from the the goal uh, six yard line on goal kicks, keeping that possession creates a massive, it's a keep ball session basically in quadrants, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, but line. isn't that, but Craig, it isn't that complicated, is it really? You know, if you, if you watch it, you could like get someone that doesn't know much about football and explain tactics and say, just watch Man City break from the back. And every single time a guy gets the ball, there's three options for him, at least three options. Mm -hmm. And you see them just drifting into space and interchanging. It's so simple. Yeah, It's amazing it's taken this long for us to really appreciate it. But I don't think it's foolproof. I mean, it didn't work that well in the quarterfinals against Lyon, the Champions League in Portugal last year. Well, I don't think anything is foolproof. I, I really don't. Like, it's uh, especially in one-off games of football. Yeah. We've seen, you know, you can outshoot somebody and, you know, walk away losers or the other way around, you can get away with it. It's just, you know, football, there's different ways of winning it, but over a period of time, uh, you look at how he, you know, he's not losing many football games. I only bring up that game because I think a lot of people, and it was quick to, you know, to jump at him and say, well, you got to adapt. It wasn't working the first half an hour. It wasn't working the first hour. And you look at all the pieces and the tools that they have to play another style or, or tinker on the fly. And he just, you know, was totally avoidant and seemed reluctant to do that. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're laughing because your internet's doing some weird things once again. But uh, as you make the great point, as always, your best points are saved for when your internet freezes. Well, I call him <laughs> the speed reader of the group. <laughs> as long as it comes through eventually, then I guess we've won. I mean, it, it really is just brilliant to watch, isn't it? You know, and, and, and this year they were more, I mean, listen, they weren't as swashbuckling as previous editions. They, they were based their, their game on that great defense. You know, so he has evolved. I think he, he's realised that you can't necessarily win on all on all you know levels playing that particular way. So they won a lot of games by one goal this season, right? Perhaps more than previous years. And, and playing with a false from, nine and not being so reliant on Aguero and that forward. I mean, really, to me, the difference between this season and last season. You look at Manchester City posted um, last weekend, I believe, the top three players a vote for your player of the year, and it was Gundogan. Foden and the third one was Diaz. So three players that would not have been in that same conversation last year, obviously yeah. Diaz not being there and Foden didn't seem like he would uh, you know, crack the starting 11 in that side at all. So it, it is incredible that he's, he's been able to just yeah, continue to evolve the machine. And Foden is unbelievable to watch. Yeah, he is. really is. I mean, how he, how we can even consider that he might not be in Gareth Southgate starting 11 for Euro. It's mind blowing, isn't it? He has to be at he this point. Be in Spain starting eleven the way, yeah, the way he's incredible. Playing. And I mean, listen, the English fans have been gagging to get the next Gaza for a long time, right? And let's not start making comparisons. As I make a comparison with Paul Gascoigne and Phil Foden, <laughs> but the fact is, the way he plays the game, the confidence, right, the swagger that he has out on the football pitch, we haven't seen that for a long time in English football. So we should be jumping aboard this bandwagon and I'm sure Southgate, I'm sure he's going to find a way to get him in there. I don't know, you know, how maybe with, with Jordan Henderson now likely out or at least injured, maybe he won't go for, you know, a, a Rice Henderson, you know, defensive shield and maybe he'll allow himself to put a Foden in there somewhere. I don't know. I'm not the coach, but you have to do it. Don't you? You got to find a way. You got to find a way. And it, it's amazing that in the fall or whatever the international window it was when Jack finally got his cap, Jack Grealish, the talk was, you know, could you build this team around Jack Grealish? And now it's, can we build this team around Phil Foden? And how would you do it? I think yeah. England have a great chance at the Euros, which I cannot believe are less than a month away. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just creeping up on us. It's, it's nuts. John Stones as well. I mean, John Stones, who I thought was going to be looked upon as being a bust, a 50 million pound bust, didn't quite, quite have it. And I know centre-backs, generally speaking, do mature a little bit later in most cases, unless your name's Ruben Diaz. Um, but they, you know, it takes a while for them to find that themselves. And he's found himself and he's been brilliant this year as well. Superb beside uh, Diaz. Yeah, it's been, it's been incredible how Stones has kind of played himself back into consideration and played himself back into the top of the game because I agree with you. I totally thought he was done. But I think, you know, having Ruben Diaz there, who as you referenced to being very company-like, um, you know, he learned, I think, a lot of that leadership from playing next to Luis Zhao at Benfica, who was their captain for two decades. And uh, to me, he, he reminds you know me so much of kind of Louis Zhao, just the way he marshals around it there on the pitch. I think having such a good command of English uh, also really helped. He walked into that room and it didn't take long to win over all of his teammates. It's funny because last year they were missing Laporte all season, right? And we thought, well, that's why. That's the reason why they, they couldn't really keep touch with Liverpool. They're missing Laporte. And now Laporte's the third option this season. <laughs> it's amazing how just a, you know, a season changes the whole narrative around that team. I also could not believe that Laporte never got a French cap. 
and he's eligible to play for Spain. I, I saw the news this week that he's um, likely going to become a, well, a Spanish citizen and play for Spain at Euro. And I thought the same thing. But he's obviously been courting Spain for a while, right? Which is why Deschamps hasn't capped him just yet, I think, if he read between the lines. Because I thought for sure he got some action there. Well, the whole, you know, the Basque country is a very interesting place. So he's in the French side of the Basque country. But uh, having played at Bilbao, having, you know, probably spent a lot more time around the Spanish side of things, maybe there's a, yeah, maybe there's a, a different uh, different feeling. But to have played his youth at, for France the entire time, and uh, I just thought he was he was in Deschamps' squad. Didn't realize he hadn't been there. Yeah. Did you hear Robbie Savage on, on the, the broadcast um, when, when City were crowned champions? He He said that. For him, Pep Guardiola is the greatest manager in British soccer history. And he said it while standing beside Rio Ferdinand, who uh, had to bring up a certain Sir Alex Ferguson to him. But maybe we shouldn't dismiss it quite yet, Craig. Shall we? Shall we? I mean, okay, let's, 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 let's look at it from Robbie Savage's perspective, you know, as he's being, you know, having his head kicked in in the washroom at some nightclub because Dickio sold him out. Let's, let's look at it through his eyes here. <laughs> um. Pep comes aboard and he comes into a ready-made squad, in fairness. Lots of money. They're already a champion with, with Mancini, Pellegrini, right? He makes some tinkers. He wins championships. He wins a lot of championships. He wins cups. Hasn't won Europe just yet, though, but he's into a Champions League final. How long before we can start making that argument that maybe he is the greatest we've ever seen? Well, so there's a little, there's different comparisons, too, where... You know, Alex Ferguson was uh, at Manchester United when they were going through all sorts of turmoil. They weren't playing particularly well. He was, he thought he was one result away from being fired. So, Pep's never been in that situation. Right. I mean, he's been he's been with the royalty of clubs. Yeah, he has. He's he's he's. I mean, he can pick and choose, right? And he's done pretty well at that. Yeah, but now you got to think of the egos that he's managed the changeover that he's managed the recognizing that what he needs filling those spots had a hiccup last year but liverpool had to play one of these most amazing seasons ever to beat them you know it's they're consistent winners and that's what he needs that's what he's always wanting so he's got that set that standard throughout the club and that's all down to him he knows it so well because because he has grown up in that Barcelona system with all those great managers and systems and coaches and philosophies. And he's taken all that on. He's absorbed all of that really well. Then he goes to Bayern Munich. I mean, Bayern Munich had just won the treble with Heinkes. I mean, that was a pretty harsh decision to get rid of Heinkes. Like, I mean, yeah, that's good. I forgot about that. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, the game is so different I now would, to when, when Fergie was at that final. You were there. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You were. Well, seems a long time ago now, doesn't it? Well, ages ago. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, obviously the game's changed so much since Fergie, Fergie's years. You know, when he first came through, English football was Liverpool's domain, but Everton was really good as well back then, of course. Um, but it, it was basically a two-horse race. It became a three- or a four-horse race. Whereas, I guess with Pep, when he came aboard, it was still United's domain. I, yeah, I guess it probably was, right? I mean, when, when, when did he come? Three no. years ago now? Four years ago now? He came, he came when Jose came to United. So that was after... Was that four? That was after Moyes. That was after um, Van So Gaal. Leicester was the, the team to beat. 
Leicester were the champions when he came to England. He knocked Leicester off their fucking perch. That's it. <laughs> so I don't know what I'm saying here, really. I guess it's just different eras. It's so hard to compare. But I mean, if I'm being honest, I mean, let's not compare him to Fergie just yet. Mm-hmm. My yeah. God. Give it a few more years still, right? But we can still celebrate a one of a manager who has changed the game fundamentally, how it's played. I don't think Fergie ever did that. Changed the way the game is played. No, but I think also it was a time when I don't think you could adapt the game like with or still the rules changed as well as actually held Pep and yeah. play that particular style of play. And the, the consistency of fields and pitches right through the league, they're like carpets. You can rely on them. You mentioned that a lot, Craig. So, I mean, having not played the game at any level, right? I hear you say that, and I'll, I'll take your word for it. But, I mean, why, why is that such a big deal to you, how, how the feel is, I mean, from, from a professional footballer's standpoint? Well, if you're playing on some of the surface, like every surface we would go to, you pretty much know at the top level, even watching which surfaces are looking pretty good. Even Noel Trafford at times was, it was always pretty true, but it was bare of grass sometimes. Um. Was it a great equalizer? They're always better. But if you're trying to play that at the back, Pep would recognize that on a surface that he's playing somewhere and it's really bobbly and it's just untrue and it's 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 gonna be it's it's difficult. And then back then it was like basically the talk before the game was don't play in areas where you're gonna it's dangerous. So they just get it forward. You play it in that area, then they'd be playing it in this area. Just awful. So it was. It was the pitches were the great equalizer. Whereas now that isn't the case. It's the skill players are going to dominate no matter where they're playing. Yeah, every sir. Yeah, you couldn't even like strategically leave your pitch battle, right? I mean, only only in the FA Cup now you can lower divisions. You can leave your surface like a cow pasture, right? <laughs> Get away. Well, who were the Who were the worst defenders back in the day? The worst defenders? Yeah. Like, where would you go? And you were like, Jesus, we're playing in an in elementary school parking lot with gravel. Well, guys that I wouldn't want to be playing with the ball at their feet? Oh, I'm offenders. Just, offenders. 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 Oh, offenders. Of fields, yeah. <laughs> of bad pitches? Yeah. Like, that they would set it up to play. Like, you said FA Cup, but were there yeah, worst usually, pitches? Usually, if you're playing, like, we we had Northampton in a, in a league cup game show up there. And I don't think they touched it from the weekend before, uh, Cambridge United were always like that renowned for that, uh, during a spell when a guy called Beck, former Spurs player who actually was a decent footballer back in the day, but he came up with a system that, um, none of his players use more than two touches. You're he would pull you off the field if you used two touches and the goalkeepers basically when they had possession they had a 10 yard quadrant on the touchline on the left hand side that they had to play that ball into where a guy would come across and head it into the center it was just the worst type of football they put long grass and sand in the corners to stop the ball when they put it in the corners and as a goalkeeper Ball boys that would dry the ball for their team and long throws into the, the near post every time. As a goalkeeper, Craig, though, would you prefer a mashed up field, which made it hard for the attacking players, or did you want to play on a on a golf course? 
No, I liked it when it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. How many times did you get that? Not too often. What on nice pitches? Yeah. Oh, you'd be, I mean, no, we, we did. We had good surfaces from time to time. I mean, Upton Park for the most part was pretty good. We had, I think, one season where it got chopped up because Harry wanted to get a game on and shoveled some snow off it. I thought you were going to say for the Rick Astley concert. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're going to give you up. (laughs) (laughs) Who needs to singing? We got longer. One was rocking the uh, Rick Astley hair right now, actually. Never going to give you up, Sharps. So anyway, the Chelsea was that big, hair, buddy. It's it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, Chelsea's pitch wasn't great. Stamford Bridge right back there, then. Even going back when it was a, they had a greyhound track around Stamford Bridge. Where were they training when you went there with Chelsea? Were they uh, out by Heathrow Airport, really close to Heathrow? Was it a good, nice setup? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Just so it was so windy and it was muddy too. It was pretty muddy. Right, right. Listen, we're uh, almost out of time for for the first part of today's podcast, fellas. Um, I haven't got much else to talk about, actually, after this, so it could be a short podcast. Uh, I'm joking. We'll we'll find some stuff, but uh, end of part one, and uh, part two's next. Okay, yeah, bye. Welcome back to Footy Prime, the podcast. Sharman here with Wong, Forrest, and Dunlop. Uh, it was a really exciting week for us Footy Primers here because two of our close, close friends had special days. Um, Danny Dicchio Day was, was that Wednesday, right? The anniversary of the goal at TFC. Was it Wednesday? What goal? The goal. Oh. The only oh, goal. The goal. Oh. Seat cushions. Seat cushion goal. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, oh, you're frozen again. Jesus Christ. Your internet, you see, be, be move rooms and it's as bad now as it was before. Jesus. Brandon, Brandon has dial up. Me more. Me. <laughs> it's so unfortunate because you guys are totally smooth and uninterrupted for me. You got, what's going know. on? You got books like, you know, what's that? Cantonese, learn Cantonese in an hour. Uh, it's taken me a lot longer than that, but yeah, that's you up there. Jamie Vardy book up there? Jamie Vardy. Yeah, that was part of my research and oh fuck we how to write biographies about complicated individuals wow it's jimmy Vardy's. he must have a lot of pictures in his right more, more pictures than in d-rows the, the jamie Vardy book is is uh is very interesting actually is he good yeah i should get that world background the i would say the joey barton one the joey barton one and the jamie Vardy one i bought at the same time to both kind of have two kind of different perspectives um uh, just to see see how it was done from two you know very different people because yeah well, you, the uh, all mm. footballers not all footballers are the same obviously and uh, so that was my thought and just kind of reading different groups because there's a, quite a few other books on there that are more North American sports and that style of memoir and biography is just different and the European style is not something that's really translated over here to soccer players so I wanted to kind of find a hybrid way of doing it. Well, that's why I mentioned it was a you know a big week for to our favorites yeah, Dicky O's uh, you know. Sp- anniversary for May the goal, 12th. of course. Yeah, May 12th. Charles. May 12th, was it? May 12th, yeah, yeah okay. And, and of course, B, you uh, had your official book launch, um, as much as it's going to be official book launch in the pandemic, with D-Row. And, of course, we had D-Row on the show on Tuesday, so if you haven't had a chance yet to listen to it, it was a really interesting chat. And uh, it was nice because D-Row gave Craig lots of love. And you got all kind of uncomfortable, Craig, and felt all embarrassed and awkward, didn't you? <laughs> I did. 
I did. Why? I don't know. You're too modest, man. Yeah, it's all right. Well, but does it make you feel old when 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 someone like well, D who's now retired yeah. says that you you motivated and inspired his generation of players? Yeah, and now he's retired. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then when you see, well, like players I played with start moving into management, like Lampard and Lomas, and and then guys move into broadcasting and Hutchison and Sinclair. Go on, Craig. Right. Yeah. Then you move so- into windows and doors business eventually. <laughs> <laughs> What's then, the windows and doors company? So he reminded you, you of your own mortality. What's that? Does that be? I, I said he reminded you of your own mortality as Wonger asked, what's the windows and doors coming yeah, for? That's right. That'll cost them. Yeah, going to say, until they start sponsoring, we shall not mention it, but uh, there's probably a lot more stability in that than there is in broadcasting these days. So <laughs> good for you. KV, KV Custom Windows and Doors, fantastic. My buddy runs it, and that's why I'm uh, helping him out. He's awesome. His glass is so clear, you can see right through it. Do they do internet? <laughs> <laughs> Can we get clear, clean internet? No. It was a, it was a good chat with D-Rod, though, B, and uh, we had a little get-together virtually um, on Zoom on, was that Tuesday? Or Tuesday. whatever the hell it was. Official book now. launch day, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday, yeah. So, I mean, congratulations, obviously, but it does suck, doesn't it, that you couldn't be doing it at a bar or a restaurant somewhere? Yeah, it did suck, uh, but I, I felt a lot of love. Uh, thank you guys for jumping on the Zoom that my my wife organized to surprise me. Uh, I truly had no idea. I expected maybe a, a few people, maybe a, a video call at some point, but that was uh, that was great to be showered. You did you know? Did you know what was going on? No, but I started to get the feet. I was led out to a garage and the lights were on in the garage and I was told to open the door first. So I thought there might be people in the garage. Uh, there wasn't anybody in the garage. Uh, we sat in the garage to watch uh, to watch the replay of United and Leicester, and my cousin was uh, was tinkering around, struggling to get it up. And next thing I know, there was a, there was a Zoom with all you, you beautiful places. Were you gutted when you didn't see anybody in the garage? You like I can't fucking believe it. I'm wrong. <laughs> Nobody loves me. <laughs> No, no. I mean, I, I, may, I, I may have thought that watching a couple interviews of, uh, at stations I used to work for and there was no acknowledgement. There was definitely a feeling of like, oh, it wasn't even there. But no, to go on the Zoom and see all of you beautiful faces, it, uh, it was a lot of love. It was a great Hasn't feeling. the score reached out to you to do anything? The score hasn't reached out to me to do have anything. Have they not? Really? That's bullshit. That's okay. Are they around? You should. Come on. Jesus Christ. Exist? I mean, I don't, well, it's you, who cares if it's you or not? I mean, the fact is, Dero is, you know, one of the biggest names in Canadian soccer, right? And Canadian soccer is is apparently growing, so we understand, right? It is a big moment, a book coming out. Christ, you need content, original content on these networks. Why wouldn't they? Well, yeah, you, you, you're referring to the score, what you call, you yeah. call the network. Uh, the, you know, right, well, you words, know I mean. words live for a long long time and uh, perhaps they're you know they're waiting for events perhaps they're waiting for the extension of the canadian and american tour uh he's going to be doing you know a, another media tour again uh he's been everywhere this week 
uh, Dwayne, if you saw him, and in, in any any city in the country, he was he was doing the morning show circuit, a bunch of radio interviews, and he's going to do the same in the states, I believe, the first week of June. Uh, there's going to be a billboard in Times Square. He's doing things with the Red Bulls. He's doing an event with the LA Galaxy. Actually, reached out to him to do an event and perhaps a game. So he's definitely getting the getting the love uh, from the Major League Soccer community down south, and uh, hmm. that's great to see. And it's also open, and he's able to to be there and you know take part in it. So. Top 25 of all time, eh? In the MLS. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Pretty effing impressive. Yeah, he was an incredible player. And, you know, most Canadians only really got to see his pre-TFC days on highlight reels and on Sports World and on the footy show. And in finals, um, there was a, there's a, you know, a decade of some fantastic football that he was a part of um, that Canadians, you know, only saw in very small doses. So now they get to read about some of those classics and some of those gems. And that was one of the real motivations for me in doing the story. But I mean, and then this is nothing against zero, right? But I think that the world looks at football icons and stars as those that succeed and have a go in Europe, right? You have to make that jump. And zero didn't, um, you know, have, have a big career overseas who cares had a great career over here at what point do you think we'll be able to say that this guy was a legendary footballer and he just played in north america are we far from that day do you think or do you still think for the next foreseeable future you have to make your, your name overseas mm, well i think there's always going to be that debate isn't there when you well just when you look at the level of leagues and mls is often talked about where they stand in leagues and where they would compare in leagues. Well, there's, there's still not the best in the region. The Mexican league is far stronger overall. Well, maybe not far stronger. It's definitely the gap is closing. And there's been a couple of times when Toronto and Montreal, in fact, I think LA have come very close to winning the CONCACAF Champions League and going to the Club World Cup. But that's, that's the measurement great. for you. That's the ultimate measurement as to where Major League Soccer is, how they stack up in the Champions League against. No, the well, I mean, against the Mexicans and where they're, you know, if it, if they're competing against the Mexicans every year in the Champions League, then yeah. that would tell me. I mean, it, it's it's difficult. It's difficult too because the Mexican league is just run so differently too, and there's there's a lot of money in it. They're, they're, it's one of the, they can keep their stars and at home. They don't, I mean, it's only been in recent years when you look at successful Mexican players abroad. I mean, okay. Uh, Hugo Sanchez. Yes. Um, but the premier league was even a long time before in Bolton had the big tall Mexican played. And then uh, Chicharito came over the Manchester United, but there was Rafael no Marquez, right? You're thinking as well, right? Who was, uh, you know, had a great career in Europe. Oh yeah. Marquez. Yeah. Well, that's at Barcelona. You, you think? Yeah. Just about. Yeah. <laughs> but, but generally speaking for elite, for when you look at the Brazilians and how many they are overseas, their league can't keep them in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Mexico, you could argue, keep their players. Now, is that a detriment to the national team to make that extra jump? Because I always say they're they're underachievers. I mean, a lot of Mexican people hammer me for it, but it's like, well, they are what they play and the style of play and the players that they have. And yeah, I think that it wouldn't. It kind of shocks me that they haven't won a World Cup before. They they always make a splash at say every other World Cup and they look great in the group rounds or maybe for a knockout round but then and it's like wow this could be their year and then they'll lose 
to Portugal and penalties or something, right? Mm-hmm. It seems that happens almost every World Cup. Oh, watch out for this team, and something bad happens. I, I do wonder though, with, with football over here in North and North America, can Mexico, no matter how how great the league is, it's never going to be up there with the European leagues, right? How long before MLS and uh, Liga MX merge? Now, there's more and more talk about it. There's more and more tournaments featuring both teams, obviously the Champions League being the main one right now. Um, do you think that could happen? Should that happen? Because then suddenly, you know, okay, you might not be Europe. I understand that. We're still a way off that. But you've got a much stronger league, a lot stronger infrastructure, and a lot more money as well. There's a lot of layers to it. I think it'd be very difficult to pull off. I think it's the money is the real allure, but I don't know how functional it would be. And I think that you, you could run into a, a lot of issues. You're, you're totally, you know, destabilizing a football culture down there uh, and, and, and looking to take advantage, colonize it is how it will be perceived, I think. So I don't think it'll be well received um, down there. And I could see it just being very complicated from an operation standpoint, visas, travel, um, you know, it's, uh, it's easier to do in a tournament format. I think in a league format, you know, it, it truly would take a lot. And then how do you find the balance? Because you've got 27 teams, 27 franchises mm-hmm. in major league soccer and the latter of which have paid a bloody fortune well then suddenly maybe you have your, you have your relegation promotion within north american football i mean i don't think the owners would sign off on this because that whole reason that they like mls is because they guaranteed mls football each year like you said there's layers to it right but how cool would that be Hey, I would, yeah, I would love to see, you know, Toronto FC take on Cruz Azul in a, in a league match, you know, but are we sitting down to watch Tijuana and Cincinnati three times a season? Uh, I, I just, I, I know, but, but be- here we are though. But now we're like, this is like the super league though in Europe, right? I and mean, this is kind of a super league concept in North America almost. No way it happens. No way. No way. Not on the large, not on the, the major scale. No chance. The Mexicans would revolt against it. It would be it would be very similar to the Super League response, I think. Yeah, that's my gut feeling. But I guess if they keep pouring money into the Champions League, that will appease um, those of us that want to see that that combination, right? That merge, and it's it's getting more and more. I mean, the Champions League now, compared to five years ago, is so better, so much better, right? And respected now as well, I think. Getting there, it's got a long way to go. People still don't understand the different competitions, and I get that. I get it, but it's, it's in this. They get it more so in Canada than in the United States. They mm-hmm. they really don't grasp that Champions League whole thing. I think you're really seeing the cream rise to the top, though. You're not going to get a scenario where you know it was incredible that the Montreal Impact in the A League made the final. That would never ever happen again. Even a mid tier MLS team would never make a run like that. So I think the, the, you know, the cream has risen to the top and that's why you're seeing some great MLS and Liga MX battles in these later rounds. And that's what has people really excited. And I really thought LAFC was going to do it last season and I wouldn't bet against an MLS team doing it this season. It's getting close. It's getting very close. I do want to see a good, successful, credible club World Cup, though. That would be amazing. The concept is amazing. I know I don't like it the way it is now when it's played, um, but there has to be a solution there somehow. You know, I mean, you have if you could just lie, lie, you know, line up your Copa Americas and your Gold Cups and your Euros and your World Cups, you know, all in kind of the same years, so you can have one year where it's the Club World Cup. Maybe it's not every year, right? Maybe it's every three or four years. And then I don't know how you determine who gets in there. Don't ask me. But the concept is great, right? Seeing 
cruisers are, you know, taking on English champions, Leicester, or, you know, whoever it's, whoever it's going to be. But I, I, the concept is amazing. I want to see Santos, you know, or, or River Plate against, you know, Inter Milan in a really meaningful tournament. The only thing is, is that you're going to get a lot of situations where, okay, Barcelona or Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, they're not going to be there. But San Jose earthquakes are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the Dutch like, didn't make the last World Cup, did they? Fair. But some poor teams were there. It happens, you know? To go back to your original question, which was, you know, can a player have an outstanding career on this side of the pond? And it, we regard it as an outstanding career and not reference the fact they didn't go to Europe. I think you're still a few years away from that as Major League Soccer gets stronger with the aspirations of you know, being one of the top five leagues in the world. I think they can get there. And a lot of people seem to think that they can get there within the next decade. So that conversation will change. But then the, it's all the measurements too. There's so many layers to it. Michael Bradley and Josie Altador have played the, the peak of their careers age-wise and now in Major League Soccer. Both had stints in Europe. Um, both had, you know, uh, levels of success uh, that uh, you know, are kind of different measurements of success. Josie was a superstar in Holland. Michael Bradley was a general for Roma for a quite a short period of time. They both have come to North America, back home to North America, made a, a fortune and have, you know, won a title. So I, I think you're going to see uh, the, the, that gap close a little bit, but we're still a, a long ways away before, you know, stars in North America aren't looking at Europe at all. You're being a bit sports nitty because it's very timely. They both mm. scored last night, did they not? Or John Wednesday night? Josie Altador and Michael they Bradley. Finally, TFC finally won a game. Yeah. Sweaty. So they looked like the a sweaty points, night. Yeah. You, you, you nailed it. You, they're, they're gonna, you're going to get back on air soon, brother. If you want to, by the way, how about scory? I can be, you can, if you want to say that I'm being broadcast free, say I'm getting very scory. You are. Okay. That's what we'll go with scory. That's why, <laughs> that's, that's why I learned the craft and where my real mentors are. Now they're in their own basement on Zoom with me. PSN <laughs> have La Liga, apparently. Really? PSN do? Apparently. Really? Since when? This afternoon, apparently. And apparently, I heard this afternoon. Wow. Okay, good for them. So, how's you your Catalan? Uh <laughs> Hey, do you, do you see um, in, in the UK, the, they've extended the current broadcast deals for three more years. It hasn't, they haven't gone to an open bidding process. They've all agreed that, you know what, mm-hmm. same deals, same money, same network. So Sky, BT, Amazon, and BBC. Yeah. And the zone? No. 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 no, they weren't part of the package to begin with. So they got a... The zone North America that we all love, like we all get, right? Yes. Making sure, just making sure I bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Slip it in there, Wonger. That's right. Wonger loves to multi screen, puts the snooker on demand against whatever Setia game is on at the time. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know how they let Atlanta play in the Setia, but I love Atlanta. Love it. To be love fair, it. to be fair, the app on my phone, it, it works freaking like a dream now. You know what? I So I watched Liverpool. Um, United today, but I had to, I uh, had an appointment, had to boot out and I missed the last half an hour, but I pulled into the parking lot, got my phone out and watched the last 10 minutes on my phone and it worked very well. 
I have to say, my God, technology is pretty freaking great sometimes. How how football has changed? I was at a Wait, wedding. Pause. Press pause. You did the wedding. Like you stepped over the bounds if you did the wedding. No, no, no. I was at a wedding. I was going to say, I believe my internet was slow because uh, I oh. cut off Craiger here. My apologies, Craiger. You legend. As D. Rose said, you know, give, give the greats their roses while they can smell them. Here I am talking over him. <laughs> I went to a wedding back when we used to do those things at Casino Windsor, a friend's uh, sister's wedding. On the day Liverpool and Spurs were in the Champions League final. And of course, the ceremony was at three o'clock. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. So I stood there at the back with the, the zone on my phone and watched it throughout the ceremony and then ran down to the, the big sports bar in the casino. It's one of the only sports books in the entire country. And I uh, finally find the book in the corner, get there, and it's some baseball game on. And I went, oh, shit. Can I cast from my phone to your big screen TV, guys? So I sat in this bar and I watched the rest of it on my phone while they uh, did their photos throughout the casino. I'd be watching the game in Windsor. Where were you? The Windsor Casino? Yeah, Caesars, baby. That's it. Wow. Wow. That's a classy place. Great place for a wedding. It was beautiful. Sky views. It was it was fantastic wedding. Yep. Windsor Pizza. Have you ever had Windsor Pizza? No, oh, I have. It's its own style. And it's, it's got a it's got a a, a Canadian a Middle Eastern Canadian influence. It's shredded the meat topping is always shredded. The same way you would shred the cheese, and it's uh, the meat is predominantly at the bottom. The cheese is a mountain on top. Windsor style pizza, it's its own. And it's thing. better value than than pre made salads. <laughs> Considerably better value than pre made salads, which well, are like, like shredded gold. As Craig, what did you bring? <laughs> what did you eat tonight, Craig? Did you eat a seventeen dollar <laughs> pre made salad? No, a two dollar and Taco Bell. Oh, Taco Bell. Oh, wow. the Taco Bell. Nice. I wow. had a, I had a real uh, night like that too, buddy. I was uh, on the 401 and I had $17 worth of uh, a certain burger brand um, That's with two, le- with two letters and an ampersand. Two letters and an ampersand. Two letters. A and W. Oh, there you go. Is that what are we he talking about? He solved the riddle. Yeah, you know, the A and W is an underrated burger, actually. It's oh, that's a good burger. burger. Excellent burger. God. W stands for wanker. <laughs> I looked this up. You forgot what? about the A. The what? The A and W. It's got to be two two dudes. No, it's got. It is. It is. I think it's. Uh, I want to say names. the last guy's right, and the first guy is uh, Alan. 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 Alan and Alan. 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 Alan, 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 Not Alan, Alan. Alan, Alan. Charles, what was that from? Seriously. Was it, wasn't it like a, uh, a meerkat or a gopher or something? Yeah, it was a meerkat. <laughs> it was a meerkat, yes, right? Yes, it was. It, it was the BBC, you know, the, the, the world of nature, and it was dubbed uh, yeah. uh, brilliantly on YouTube, and we played uh, this score forever. Oh, no, yeah. it's not Alan. It's Steve. Steve, 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 as the gopher yelled. <laughs> have you heard, um, have you seen the one, it's, a, it's an Australian guy and it's a goat called Kevin. And, and this is Aussie guy going, Kevin, why are you being such a cunt? Kevin, don't be a cunt, Kevin. Kevin, stop it, Kevin. Don't be a cunt. And this is goat just like kind of ramming him and being a cunt. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's really funny. It's no awesome. Tintin, though. The honey badger. <laughs> Nothing like Tintin. I also like the honey badger. Look at that honey badger go. He just doesn't give a shit. (laughs) 
right, clear, your topics this week. <laughs> clear something <laughs> up too. Um, MLS is now ranked 10th as tenth leagues what? go. Uh, 10th overall as leagues go across the world. But how do they determine? Uh, there's like three. I looked up three or four different ones, and they had yeah. them as 10th. And they had the Liga X, the Mexican League, as 11th or 12th. So that's interesting. Really? So, so it yeah. can't be quality of play. What is it? Is it? Well, that, well, that's, yeah, exactly. That's impossible. Well, that's, I'm just telling you, there was on three different ranking systems. Is it franchise worth, maybe? Is that how it's done? There was one was a franchise worth, but it was also uh, like three. And you'll look it up when you look at it. Well, trust me, they have them 10th and like three or four. All right, of these so do you, do you have it there in front of you? Do you have it there? Uh, I did. Let's, let's, name the, let's name the, the nine ahead of MLS. Ooh. All right. So obviously, okay. So obviously you've got the Premier League, right? You know, the usual ones, Premier League. Actually, the um, argument there was between La Liga and the, uh, the, those were the two top leagues, La Liga and yeah, Premier League. Yeah. So okay. Premier League, you've got, La Liga, Premier we got Serie we got Bundesliga, yeah, we got right. Ligue 1. That's top four. Yep, we got Ligue 1, right? Um, I would probably put um, uh, like Eredivisie the, in there. The championship. Eredivisie, that's Netherlands. Yeah. Champ- championship but, but, probably is in there. Yeah. Netherlands, yeah. Uh, is the Portugal Portuguese in there? League in there? They've got oh, uh, Portugal. Portugal yeah. is number nine. Is, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Number 10 is MLS. Uh, Scotland? I think no. Dutch, they have the eighth. Du- okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, Superliga Argentina. Seven. Okay. Oh, wow. Is that the only South American one on there? Or is no, the Brasileiro. There you go. Not to the Serie A Brazil. So is the is championship not in there? Uh, nope, they don't count. They go Liga 1. Hmm. The friend, uh, and then who is this? What is this site? This one's Sporty right. Tell, but this was all they all right. kind of ranked them the same way. So, how would you? What is this, what is so this off, is, Craig? This is Brazzers.com. Yeah, what is so off, Craig? Which ones are so off? Well, Mexico's got to be above MLS. Well, it depends or, on the criteria, though, right? The championships got to be above MLS. As far as I mean, like if it's if it's television numbers, though. But that can't be right because MLS doesn't pull big numbers. No, and it can't. What about is it? Uh, you know, it could be. Um, it could be. Would China would be number one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It could be crowds potentially, right? Rather the championship should be in there. I don't know. Is it? Is the championship? Would the championship even be considered since it's not a top flight league? Maybe it would be. Yeah, I mean, it might, it, not it might have bigger numbers, but it might not be considered for this uh, Brazzers dot com. Uh, That's right. And this this is a wiki one, uh, so I'm not sure. But it's EP, EPL's number one, Spanish La Liga two, German Bundesliga, Italian Serie A, French League one, Dutch Eredivisie, Liga, Chinese Super League, Major. This is crazy. Major League Soccer. That's crazy. You said the Chinese Super League is in the top 10. They, this is, must be old. Dude, I up. that one's rubbish as well. Yeah, so, but what's the criteria? That's what's exactly. like, what is money. this? Money. Money. No, it was supposed to be uh, based on the players' rankings, like the average players' rankings, plus uh, social media. Oh, plus, God. yeah. Oh, it was, well, there you yeah. Go. That's why China's yeah. in there. That's why China's there. Yeah, okay. All right. Makes sense. So, yeah. nothing about football. Yeah, we got to know the quality, like quality of leagues. You know, like, but the top five are going to be the top five mostly across the board. No, 
Yes. Yeah, I think so. It'll just like rotate. It's kind of like, you know, who wins, who wins the EPL every year. There's going to be five teams that win. So maybe they should make a super league is what I'm saying. I think, I think England's uh, in for a, a decade of dominance as well. Like across Europe, as far as big, big tournaments are concerned, don't you? You know, with the money coming in the Prem, how the other leagues are struggling. The boss oh, is struggling. Sorry, guys. I found globalfootballrankings.com. Let's pretend we know what these mean. Globalfootballrankings.com. Yeah. Premier League, Spanish, German, Italy, France, Brazil, Russian, Portuguese, English League Championship. Uh, so there you go. Number nine. If it's Gregor. not sponsored by Coca-Cola, the rankings don't matter. Dutch. <laughs> and, and so the Dutch round out. MLS comes up. Jeez. They're number 20 on this. Exactly. And that's for standard of play. I would say that's probably closer to reality. And Mexican is 11. So there you go, Greg. Yeah. That's You're better. knowledgeable. You're knowledgeable. So what we've ascertained here is there's a lot of bogus lists out there. Well, like again, criteria. We don't. You know, it all depends. One of them's like what social media fault? Like what the fuck? Jesus, well, Turkey would be up there then. Basically. Turkey, yeah, no kidding. Those just Istanbul alone has like twenty million followers of the club. Or London, you look at London's followers. Look at the clubs in London and look at what Arsenal has. Oh, they got twenty million or something. Chelsea, fourteen million. <laughs> it's not the measurement for me, buddy. It's not the measurement that matters most for me. Maybe if it mattered more, I'd be in a better situation, but it's not the measurement that matters most to me. No, but just when you look at football, social media is a, a good example of the magnitude of what football is just by the followers. When clubs, Bayern Munich have more followers than all the NHL teams combined in Canada. The reach, mm-hmm. it shows the reach, and it's because it goes so far beyond borders, whereas, you know, in North right. America, the franchises are still very regionalized, and the sports are, are localized as well. Who is you the next big, big face? Franchises, they're not like over there. We're like, that's, I think that's what the Glazers got wrong. They treated Manchester United like a franchise. Like they can start a league. Fuck. Did you see the protests again today outside Old Trafford? Yeah. Those hands, they ain't happy. I mean, I don't think it's going to make much difference to the Glazers. They don't care. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, so. Who, who who is the face of football now? You know, it's been Messi slash Ronaldo for a long time. It probably still is globally, just about. Um, who's next? By the way, Messi's had an unbelievable season. A couple of weeks ago, you you written him off. <laughs> I wasn't writing him off. Yeah, I believe I know was, all I was saying was that his, his standard is so high and so much higher than everyone else that when he drops down a little bit, he's still better than everyone else, but we're not considering him to be what he once was. That's his all. best days are behind him. That's what I heard you say. His well, best yeah, days they are, are long behind him and they he'll are. never reach him again. Is Messi now as good as Messi in 2012? Yeah. It depends on the measurement. Why don't you go on footyballs.net? <laughs> Social media right? follows Footy and... <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Whatever, what, go on whatever site Wong is reading that from, brought to you yeah. by RC Gola. Wonger just pulls up. <laughs> yeah, except RC Gola. <laughs> Fucking Wonger just pulls up some shit, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys make fun of my internet all the time. Look at using the internet. The news Dark. of the world has this great, great um, list. Dark said we needed content. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, uh, this one over here put MLS at number one. Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's published by ESPN. <laughs> What's the source? MLSsoccer.com. <laughs> who wrote a great article about the book, by the way. Shout out to Charles Baum, who I met on an airplane flying to Seattle for MLS Cup. And then as things worked out with the publicist, got connected. Oh, MLS Soccer wants to do a piece. Do you know Charles? Yeah, I sat on a plane next to him. I was terrified that he'd look over my shoulder and see that I was finishing Chapter 11. Have we asked you before um, if you could write a book about anyone in the world? Who would it be? You did ask me. You I, did, right? Whose book do I want to read next? Like who? Who is someone that we know that I'm? No, right. I'm so curious about. I know it would be a great book. Well, this is a better way of phrasing it. Uh, Thomas Rongen. Thomas Rongen, I think, has an exceptional life story, and I would love to. Uh, I would love to see a book about Thomas Rongen made. Uh, a movie about him played by Michael Fassbender. It's only a sliver of his life. It's yeah, but you got to think, yeah, but and then you're right. It'd be the the best book, but B, you know, think about the advance. You got to be someone that's going to like just get millions of copies sold. Yeah, so, uh, George Mendes. Thomas would be more like George Mendes' book. Thomas would be more like a Fifty Shades of Grey, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. Uh, why just limit yourself to grey? There's more colors, man. I'm uh, I'm Dutch. I love everybody. Yeah, Craig, Craig. <laughs> that's what I said. Back to my uh, question. Um, well, you're so, going to run out of time. We're going to have to come back for the question. We still got to talk about Buffon, and you're going to need 40 picks. Oh, yeah. And we're down to our last minute already. What, Jesus Christ. What is creeping up there? There's something rising <laughs> in your video, Charms. What is, is Is your mic being infected? It's pink. Is it's that pink. Is that the coronavirus? What is that? <laughs> it's, it's a pig head. Stuff. It's a pig head. What the hell is going on? <laughs> like a blood orange. This should be on video because it's hilarious. All right, we're back. Part three, shortly. Bye. Welcome back to part three of Fully Plan the Podcast. Shaman's still here. Wong is still here. Craig's still here. Dunlop's still here. Gigi Buffon might not be at Juve for much longer. Of course, he, he returned from a little sabbatical uh, last year, but he's 43 years of age. Um, He's considering retirement, real retirement, proper retirement, especially if Juve failed to make the Champions League. Um, Craig, he's 43, uh, 26 professional years. I mean, can you break it down just how incredible that is and to play still at this level at 43 years of age? Well, I think about what he made his debut professionally, what, in 1995? So I was still playing for five more years, actually longer than that, nearly seven more years. And most people would be happy with that career. And here he is, this like top of his game. It's just, it's, it's quite astonishing. What does he have? 10 Serie A titles, I think. Yes. Yeah, he's up there. Still that looking for that elusive champions league, right? Which he's not going to get now, which is sad, I suppose, but Christ sad. I mean, this is all, <laughs> he's, he's got 10 Serie A titles and God knows how many Copa America. He's got a world cup. So he's had a pretty good career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hasn't got the European Cup though, so hey. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Has he won the Europa? Oh yeah, he probably yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, from a goalkeeping standpoint, Craig, I mean, what what's the first thing that goes, you know, is it your legs, is it your eyesight, you know, what is it? I mean, for him to still play at a pretty decent level. 
at this age. I mean, he's a freak athlete, isn't he? It could be a number of things that you said there. You just don't know, know which one. Um, usually I would find that usually hits me when I see somebody like him is just the longevity side of thing is just how you do that mentally, psychologically, how do you keep yourself at that level to be, you know, you, you just can't come in and go and come in and out. So you have to be really into it, really focused on it, still have a desire, have a self-motivation. And that, uh, I would think, you know, I think that that was something that affected me in my later years when I was playing, that it was a grind. I found uh, that sometimes it it was just mentally uh, exhausting. Yeah, that's that's it, right? That's what bizarre. But, I mean, he's a different cat. He is a different cat. He is uh, like just his head is in all sorts of different places, and he's had he's had mental issues as well. But he's whatever it is in his head, he's just got this desire and self motivation that is just incredible. Mark Noble was on the Peter Crouch podcast this week, and he's talking about West Ham, and he's been there for I think it's like seventeen or eighteen years now, I believe. One club man, he's retiring end of this season, and he he was talking. It's interesting. He's talking about you know what he's looking forward to retiring and what he's concerned about obviously and he's concerned about you know missing the boys you know the banter and all that of course and the energy of match day but he goes i'm looking forward to just the little things like spending christmas with my kids you know and that's that these are the little things i'm really looking forward to in retirement and i think when you look at a guy who played that many years like buffon there is sacrifice there right and people criticize that term with professionals because they make so much money but there is sacrifice i mean to, to be a professional athlete professional footballer from a family side of things you do leave a lot and you do miss a lot. I'm sure that, that, you know, the rest of us don't actually have, have to. Yes. Um, yeah, no, no, there is absolutely sacrifice from that standpoint. I mean, when it, it's a little bit different now, but I mean, even when I was, I mean, I was 16, 17, 18 years of old age and hardly ever talking to anybody or your family or anything like that. It was just way too expensive. And, you know, you see them a few times a year, um, but it was also quality time. Like when I saw, I remember thinking my parents, they come over to England once a year, they would spend three weeks. It was really quality time. And then when you got in your twenties and when do you ever get that opportunity? Right. Um, after three weeks, I couldn't wait till they fucking left, but it was. <laughs> 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 All right, mom, dad, time to go. <laughs> That led, that led directly to their divorce, right, Craig? Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> Those right. three weeks with you. Divorce, yeah. son. We have something to tell you. We're getting divorced. Yeah. My dad would love to listen to the podcast, but for the life of me, I can't. he can't figure out fuck, how to get on there, man. They try all sorts of stuff. Tell him that he just can't figure it out. My old man asked me this week, he goes, so uh, you still doing the podcast? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that still am. Yeah, yeah, I used to watch it. So I know you did, but it hasn't been on on YouTube for a long time. <laughs> still, you know where to find it. <laughs> you want to watch an old one? <laughs> and your dad is just Mister. Uh, go get him! Go get him, Sherms! <laughs> go play for the other team. Yeah, he wants me to go on a different podcast. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Has he tried to trade yet to business news or yeah, exactly? Yeah, he's gonna right, come in here, it. make us all feel bad about ourselves. <laughs> Longer, not good enough. You shouldn't have come up with this. Yeah. Well, I, I used screamed. 
I listened to you, son, but uh, then I started listening to this other guy named Jimmy Sherman and his podcast about plants so much better. So I listened to that instead. It's much, he's much better than you are at everything because you're a failure, son. You're a failure. It's all right, Charles. We love you, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. you, buddy. Oh, oh, you could be my wingback. <laughs> Can I be a wingback? <laughs> no. Loose, loose head forward. No, loose forward. Oh, sexy names in rugby. Loose heads, hookers. It's great. Flankers. Good names. <laughs> All right, let's get the food pick, show, boys? Just the three this week, because, uh, well, Wong has failed. Quite the biggie what? to start with. What? Quite... Why, why did I fail? Well, these yeah, are crap I games. Better start with Brayden West Ham on Saturday. No, yeah, I, yes, I, I did a game for all three of you idiots. <laughs> Brighton West Ham. It's the marquee yeah. match of the tilt. They call it Super Saturday. <laughs> yeah, three o'clock game. Brighton West Ham and West Ham dropped down to sixth place in the table now. But who cares? They still they still could. They're not going to. They could finish in in the top four. Um, and Brighton, well, Brighton are safe, right? Because we'll, we'll mention West Brom in a bit, but Brighton have just about survived. But what's your thoughts on this one, Craig? Brighton, West Ham. Well, I think why did Brighton change their coach, right? Who, why Brighton? Did they, why did they do that? Who, Brighton? Yeah. They changed it like three years ago. I know, but why? When you really think about it, like their record... Oh, right. Their record yeah, is... No, yeah, good point. Because uh, Chris Newton was, was canned, right? They brought in Chris Potter. Yeah, and the same place, same freaking place. Probably end up with the same amount of wins. Maybe conceded a little bit less. They play more attractive football, so well, they're a much better right? team in in seventeenth place. Yeah, and they're lucky they just stayed up by a by a spot. Anyway, I'm going to say West Ham win the game, two to one. But I think West Ham could win their three remaining games. They're definitely winnable and still fall short. Mm-hmm. I don't think 67 is going to, I think it's 67 points. Only going to be enough. I agree with you on that. I think that they have a very good chance to win the next three. I think West Ham is going to be Brighton just one nil though. Second half goal, make your hammer sweat, but then they'll get it, you know, before the 70th minute and then just see it out. Mm-hmm. They were like last game. Jesus Christ off the post. At least there'll be some fans back, right? A few fans back for some of these games. It's nice to see. Amazing. West Ham's had like the best season ever in the Premier League. And not the, not the best ever, Craig. Not the best ever. You finished fifth, didn't you? We finished fifth. That's right. Points-wise, I think they've got more points than us. Mm. All right. But, it doesn't matter. See, Sharms, you are smarter than your dad said. That's right. Yeah. You're listening dead in your face. (laughs) All right. Palace against Aston Villa. See, uh, Frank Lampard's being mentioned with the Palace job because Roy's leaving. Interesting, hey? It's a different part of London. You think about London, you think of you think of Frank Lampard, but that's a different, different part of London. And it's much better. I think it's a better gig for him though than Chelsea. I mean, like, I mean, at least try and learn on your on your stripes. A more realistic starting point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I, I I mean, I thought that, you know, he did very well with Derby. Uh, and I think he 
believed he wanted to stay another year, needed to stay there another year, and you just can't say no to Chelsea. So Palace would be good for him. I wonder, too, if it, it even that might be too big a job because it's such a different job. At least at Chelsea, he knew so many of those faces. He was able to bring in some guys that could kind of mesh or you know bring back some guys who had been a part of that system before even he was there, and that, that was easier. Palace would be a much tougher job, and uh, you know seeing – the, the revitalization kind of of that team. And um, that that's teams in a real transition period and not just with the manager, but with the whole squad. So maybe that is a, a good project for him, but that's a, seems like a daunting one based on how Chelsea finished and where Chelsea are now. Now, of course. <laughs> I tell you what, it's a completely different job though. And the expectations are completely different. That's for sure. Chelsea are champions league league, champ titles like what what are the expectations of crystal palace uh, better than brighton i think they're still on the mid table go for a nice cup run <laughs> right which is fine yeah good club palace yeah terrible traffic around there man can't get in and out of that place is that bad yeah i think all the clubs that over the stadiums i think i played more there because Wimbledon used it too for a few years. That's so what they did, yeah, yeah. Palace and Wimbledon, and I played Wimbledon there with Chelsea. Wow, it's actually a great ground. It's a great football ground. You know what? It's funny because when I was deliberating a new team after the whole Super League fiasco, and you know, if it happened, I was going to fire Liverpool. I thought Palace might be my team just because that was the one nearest where I lived, and I'd always pass Selhurst Park going into London on the train. Thought that would should have been my local club. I chose the one four hundred miles away instead. Oh yeah, the one the one that was winning. Yeah, that's that's correct. <laughs> I, I went to Selhurst Park for my bachelor party. Went to Selhurst Park to see Palace uh, draw West Ham. Chicharito's West Ham. Joe Hart was playing. I think that game as well. Two. Wait, that wasn't when you that wasn't when you went to Tyneside for your vacation, was it? The that same was trip. That trip. That wasn't the no, same trip. When you, you flew into like Newcastle for the Friday night of your first night of your trip to England. Newcastle was my introduction to England. Yes, that That's, is correct. Yeah. Okay. What a place. <laughs> what a place. Uh, think of comparisons, uh, the, the, the Northeast, maybe the, the Texas of England. Um, Geordies, I think, are often compared to Newfoundlanders. Right, you know what? It's enough. As, uh, energy, we, we, we just uh, can't do this anymore, B. <laughs> We're breaking up with you, B. Oh, no. You're breaking up with me. I'm the Super League team. Oh. You, got, you got a few days to get Mark, this internet sorted out and you're fired. Can you just kind of cancel them off there? Yeah. It's like uh, the weakest link. <laughs> yeah, just... We're going to vote you off the island with Regis Philbin. Isn't it's that okay the show? Not speaking. Or B. What, what is the point? What is the point of speaking? No, you're good right now. You're good. It's, too, it's, no. it's, it's, it's honestly, it's a real shame because you do have excellent points, but it seems your best points are when you freeze. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's he going to say? Oh, fuck. He's freezing. And then you, Did you get the score out. No, I don't think you get a score at all. I've been no, looking for a score. Quickly, B. Brighton, West Ham. Sorry, Palace Villa. <laughs> Palace Villa. Palace Villa, 1 1. 1 1. Okay. Craig, have you uh, commented on this one yet? No. 1-0 Crystal Palace. All right. So Villa dropping out of the race. Speaking of the race for top four football, given today's result, it's interesting. West Brom, Liverpool. Um, and I tell you what, Chelsea are playing Leicester. 
right, next week. And, I mean, it's a huge game for both those clubs. Right now, Liverpool are 60 points, four back of Chelsea, six back of Leicester, but they have a game in hand, a key game in hand. So this could go down to the wire. It's a lot closer now than I thought it would be. They're playing West Brom. Big Sam didn't get it done this time around. So what are your thoughts, Craig, uh, on, on this match? With Liverpool coming, they're gonna. They're feeling confident. Ooh, four nil. Ooh, okay, big one. West Brom. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm gonna go two nil Liverpool. Still confident, but not not that confident. Do you think uh, when push comes to shove at the end of the season, they will have found a way into the top four? And if so, at whose expense? Oh, I don't think they'll do it, man. Uh, I got to look at the comparable uh, run of games yet, but I don't think they've got enough to do it. They dug themselves too big a hole. It's remarkable they're still, you know, mathematically flirting with it, but it's too tall a task. Well, they have Burnley and Palace after this. Okay, so they'll do it. Yeah, it's an easy run in. Finish fourth. (laughs) You're saying now, Chelsea uh, and there are two remaining games. They have obviously, um, uh, well, Leicester this weekend. Sorry, yeah, Leicester. Actually, no, sorry, Leicester is. uh, of course, yeah, because it's the FA Cup. Chelsea-Leicester coming up on May the 15th. So this weekend. Jesus, is it really? Yeah. And then they have so the then they have Chelsea have Leicester at home. On Tuesday. League on Tuesday. Oh, right. And then they've got Villa to close the season out. There's some tough games for Chelsea. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And Chelsea just played Man City, and then they got them in the final. I, holy shit. The FA Cup final has crept up on me. I, I keep forgetting that we're in the middle of May already. Jesus. Yeah. It's wow. wild. I honestly feel like the season just started a couple of months ago. Yeah. September, it's nuts, really. It? It's absolutely wild how time doesn't matter anymore. Just yeah. Leicester finish up with uh, Spurs. I'll tell you what. If, if Liverpool manage this, they are jammy buggers. But well, they could. Leicester could miss out. Yeah, they could. They could. Well, well, we'll see. Maybe we'll do a show on Sunday night. On forty prime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to doing this all together in the garage rather than Zoom. It's a lot harder on Zoom. Absolutely. I wanted to make one more comment. I don't know if you're about to close out there, uh, Sharms, but so right. One of the things that we talked about last week were our thirteen-year-old uh, crushes, and so it got me thinking about a. Uh, what we should be talking about. So I'm going to tell you my list, what I thought. Producer Dan, producer Dan. It's called Wonger's Greatest Hits by the Decade. So 1970s, Cheryl Ladd, Charlie's Angels. 1980s, Phoebe Cates from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Aging yourself. In the 90s, Tyra Banks. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 2000 to 2010, Selma Hayek. Oh, love even in, Even All in Frida. Timer. Even in Frida with the, with the monobrow. With the one eyebrow. And in 2010 to 2020, I had two, but I, I've been going more movie stars, so I'm going to stay there. Jessica Chastain. Who's she? Uh, she was in the, the Maids. She was in... <laughs> you don't know who she is? No. No, I don't know if she. Come on, you're fucking with us. No, seriously, I don't. I have no idea. Jessica Chastain, redhead. She was in uh, that movie, the movie where they like killed Obama. Seal Team. What was that one called? 
Detail six or one of those ones. Just like Obama. Not Obama, Obama. sorry. <laughs> no idea, man. She's a, she's a redhead? Yeah. Oh, Jessica Chastain. Yeah. Yes. Really? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know her at all. Wow. Well, there you go. It's my list. Looky like it with Looky Likey. Julian Anderson and Jessica Chastain. Yeah, that's a good looky likey. Yeah. Good shout based on that picture. Yeah. Selma Hayek, man, Hall of Famer, all timer. Absolutely. Well, you spent a lot of time thinking about this one. I told you. <laughs> Haven't you? Going through the decades. Whenever you make lists, like that's when I got old. So I started to try to see what my legacy is. Well, there you go. Wongers <laughs> hit by the decades. It's not real unless you put it on the internet. Wongerballs.net brought to you by insert cola sponsor here. At your funeral, we'll read this out. You know, what is Wonger's legacy? What's that, Craig? 1950s. Oh. Gigi. Oh, uh, uh, Diana Ladd. No, no, um, you know the one. Um, Rig, Diana Rig from yeah. the Avengers. Oh, right. The original Avengers. Yeah. She died last year, I think. Oh, that's right. 50, 1950s. She's absolutely beautiful. Quincy Jones's wife, who married, uh, they got married and had Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones's mom is really attractive. Peggy Lipton, maybe? Lipton, was that her? She's English. Is she? I don't yeah. know. He was 60s, though. Time is not kind. Time is not kind. To this podcast, either. <laughs> <laughs> this is like basically when we, we finish the podcast in the garage, you know, and we just start just, just shooting the shit. But this is it. This is like, the, 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 you know, we've stopped recording. We're just talking amongst ourselves. But this is actually now a podcast. <laughs> That's right. It's what you would call in a, in a soccer scenario. In a football match, this would be just mailing it in, just seeing the match out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Six minutes of extra time for that one injury. <laughs> and when the horse went running through the backfield there to muck up this 18 yard box. Ah, we need to put a, a search out for uh, Danny Dickio. We do somewhere in Arizona. He's ghosting yeah. us right now. Uh, put his, uh, he's probably out somewhere like recreating on a milk carton, recreating the goal with the seat cushions coming down. Yeah, it probably is. Right. Yeah. Hey, when, every time I see that, I think, oh, and, there, and the other day I was like listening to it. It was like, because me and Nigel were calling that game, right? Nigel Reed. Right. So I'm like, oh, wow. And there it is. And I'm listening to Nigel. I'm like, because I actually thought that call was good. Remember the time? Remember the play? I thought, oh, that was pretty good. Like, And then I did my bit after, and it always gets cut off. <laughs> <laughs> or they or they do the American one. The, oh, did they ready the American one? Who was that? Uh, Tyler, was Taylor Tillman? I don't know who the f- no J- back in those days. JP Della Camera, one of those oh, yeah, legendary probably. American voices. There's only a handful of guys. It was you know, fun. I- CBC threw a ton at it. We had the desk outside. There was Scott Russell down on the field. Jim Cameras, the full freaking. It was good. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, what I realized on the weekend watching the uh, the Can- uh, Canelo fight, and Tyson Fury was there, right in in the stands and yeah, in, in, in his corner. Sad ending, or too bad. Yeah, it- what it's happened? Ridiculous. I don't know what oh, happened. The the English boy, yeah, he, he got a broken orbital. Oh, right? Canelo just crushed him with a left, so he retired on his stool, and he's been criticised for it, right? And this this guy is the same guy who last year when uh, I think the guys first Dubois, he retired on his um, stool with a broken orbital as well, and and this this guy who who lost on Saturday tweeted out what a coward he was. 
and how he would never do that. He would know that. He goes, I would be fighting there with two broken eye sockets, a broken nose, broken jaw, no teeth left. I would never, ever retire. So he looks just, he's so cocky. He looks terrible. Now. Well, he's, he is a bit of a dickhead. He is at 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's, just been, crushed him. he's been involved, like doing some stupid shit. Over there. But, but watching but watching Fury though in his corner, I realized that Fury and Dickio, their heads are really similar. And it's not just because they're bald, like they're really similar. Because Fury's got a weird bodification, right? He's got that head like a chiseled athlete, and then he kind of like all falls apart from his neck down. Amazing. He's a great athlete, don't get me wrong, but he's a big boy. Dickio's obviously very slim, but the heads, if you put a decapitated Dickio on a on a Spike beside a decapitated fury on a spike. It'd be looky likeies. Spike. I, I love how you have to completely sever it from the body in order to get to that point, though. <laughs> if one of our listeners could really do that in Photoshop, it's actually on a spike. <laughs> on a spike, yeah. Outside Traders Gate right. in London. No, like, if if one of our listeners who's creative could like maybe do that for us, get like a decapitate dick. You're not really decapitating. Just say Photoshop. Sure. Stop using the term decapitate. Photo. Okay. <laughs> just, photo just Photoshop it. Dickio and Fury did, beside each other. How about when I did the mix of Dickio's bobblehead and me? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, what about what about you as a woman? Ugly Italian. Oh, you as a woman. I don't know what you're doing, but Craig, come on over later tonight. <laughs> this is the thing. All these 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 apps and stuff. To like, it, if I look good as half decent as a chick. You're a handsome woman on that. Oh, yeah, no, you, yeah. you are handsome. You the, carry the woman very, very well. The Snapchat filtered version of Craig. Craig is called Stacks. She must be called Legs. Yeah. I lose one more ball, I will be. Tell you what, don't fucking laugh. If I fucking if I'm around long enough, I might. <laughs> now you're better off without them i'll be a 90 year old fucking transvestite uh, yeah but you could be in a choir man you could be singing it up 13 year old voice i bet you would have a better chance of pulling something you know what's so funny i did grant wall's podcast eight hours ago and we finished this show the exact same way we finished this one well, yeah, talking, about po- talking about craig's ball <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about my ball <laughs> How did that come up? Craigsballs.net. Look at the rankings. So weird a yank. See, that would be the better name of the podcast, right? Craig's Ball. It should be never a podcast. Where is Craig's Ball? I have no idea where it is. Oh, dude, we got to golf with that. We could do a series. Golf with my ball? Sure. We could have. We could do. There's that that TFC um, podcast, Searching for TFC, the the, the English guys who. What's it called? B. You know the the podcast, right? Nemo. it's from um, England, though. Yeah, yeah. Searching for TFC. That uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So we could do a searching for Craig's ball. Mm. Where's Baldo? <laughs> Where is Baldo? <laughs> that's it. And that works well, with Dickio as well. That's right. Where's yeah, that's, Baldo? You guys are just throwing out book titles, future book titles for these guys. <laughs> yeah. Where if, if someone on the internet could Photoshop Craig's ball and Dickio's face. That would be perfect for us. I think they look alike. It'd be like an aging Dickio. There's no like a prune testicle. Yeah, yeah, a cancerous testicle in Dickio's head. <laughs> this is what we think of Dickio. <laughs> Dickio's head's got cancer. <laughs> <sighs>
this has gone sideways. I think I think I think your dinner's playing tricks on you, buddy. I don't know what I don't know what preservatives they're putting in those cans now. But I think it's no, it's all organic, brother. All organic. Yeah. All right. Listen, let's let's call it a, a night, shall we? Oh, well. Decapitate the show, yeah. Better. Decapitated balls. All right. Listen. Thank you, Amsterdam Brewery. I'm sure you're very happy to be associated with us. Hey. I'm sure Dean is, DeanBlundell.com, and Blue Mike's definitely are. Charms, it's awareness. It's awareness, that's it's right, awareness. Yeah, it is. We're, we're bringing the conversation to the people. There's no stigma attached to it. Nope. And congrats again Dude, to shit. our boy, Brendan. My God, go out by D-Row My Life, co-written by Brendan Dunlop. Thank yes, you guys, appreciate it. Yeah, it is the number one uh, news, new book, number one, uh, yeah, new item on Amazon and sold out as of today. Number one, is it really? You, number you one, wait until the end of the show to say that. Number one new book on Amazon. That's amazing. Sold out, but it's available at Indigo, Barnes and Noble. If you're listening south of the border. Oh, for again. Oh my say God. that again. Say it again. Say it again. Start again. Say it again. again. We won't even cut, cut it out. People will appreciate your interweb. It's going to go again. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> the number one new release on Amazon. They're out of stock, but it's also available on Indigo. There's plenty of stock. Barnes and Noble, south of the border, and most independent bookstores across Canada. You made it. Call or search online if you want to support oh, local. Oh, I could have been there. Get just it. Made it. I just made it. That's, congrats, mate. That's amazing, though. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Yes. Hey, is there a chance uh, with there being a shortage of just about everything on the planet that there could be a shortage of books? Uh, that could be why they're sold out on Amazon. On Amazon. <laughs> you only got 100. Well, that's what I mean. If you only had three, like... <laughs> I still got the... The label, baby. I still got the label. Number one seller. Um, you were on Grant Wall's podcast discussing the book. Yes, and that's Footy great. Prime, and Footy Prime. And I footy mentioned Prime. Footy Prime. I was introduced... a friend of the show, so that's yeah. that's fantastic. Good stuff. Would it, Listen, would it be uh, unethical to go out and spend five thousand dollars buy all the books? <laughs> yes, oh, it o- only need seven thousand to be a bestseller. So maybe that's why really? they're sold out. Maybe 7, that's maybe 000, I really? bought them all. And a boy. What do they go for? What is the price? It is thirty four ninety nine, and it's worth every penny. It's hardcover. You said three ninety nine. <laughs> By the uh, way, I'm selling mine for ten bucks. Just send me a tweet if you want it, and we'll. Uh... Ten bucks, yeah. Just send me a tweet. Oh, I didn't. You can't sell it. I haven't even signed yours yet. I just gave it to you so you could read it for the interview. Yeah, you, didn't, yeah, you haven't signed it. Mine, because my mine hasn't arrived yet. I, when I ordered. Oh, okay. I'll sign the real one, and you can give that one give to that a one friend back, or yeah. charity or whatever. They got, no paper. they got no paper. Yeah. All right, guys. Listen, thank you very much. This is a lot of fun. I think it was a lot of fun. Um, we'll be back next week, possibly on Sunday. Um, we'll see what's happening. Maybe by then, B's got his internet working. But uh, thank you. Hope you enjoyed it, and cheers for listening. Bye-bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.